the date. May the 15th, 2004. History has been made. One of the greatest achievements since English football began. Arsenal have gone through an entire league campaign without losing. The first time it's happened for over 100 years. Played 38, won 26, drawn 12, lost exactly none. They were, quite literally, unbeatable. The title and a place in history belongs to Arsenal. Hello everybody, welcome to Ramble On. The lights are dimmed, the drinks are poured. Come and have a sit down with me, Marcus, and him, Jim. Hello. Thanks for, <laughs> thank you for inviting me into your little drawing room for a little late night drink. I thought you were going to call it like a sordid little grief hole or something. but No, that'll come later. How well you know me. How well you know me. <laughs> What would yeah? I, it's not really the same though, is it? When it's like, come on in, and I open the, uh, I open the globe, and there's yeah. apple juice and Fanta and pineapple juice in there. It's not quite as impactful. No, it implies the sinister stuff is coming from elsewhere. <laughs> so if, if so, if anything, it's actually more daunting. <laughs> it were, yeah, it's quite psychotic. I think of, I'd imagine. I mean, yeah, and I, and I would do it. I, I'm holding my hands up here, I'm, uh, but. I think of um, Christoph Waltz's character in Inglorious Bastards. I'd imagine yes. he'd put a stunt like that. Yeah, it was put to me by my flatmate, who is not a football fan, that um, Phil Neville looks like Christoph Waltz, and it's absolutely bang on. It's the yes, it's the sh- It's as the the mouth and the jaw kind of descend. Mm. Yeah, yeah. My goodness, that's such a great shit. Because you, I know you wouldn't, you wouldn't think that, would you? You have to kind of go, no, they. Oh, hang on. And but you think sort of... surely, surely football will have realised, but it's like it's taken a, a pair of outside eyes. Yeah, I think you're right. I th- I like the fact that uh, Andy Brassel is slowly becoming Carlo Ancelotti as he gets a bit older. <laughs> He's moving away from Sean Derry. He's, I mean, it's like a fine yes. wine, quite frankly. Yeah, uh, absolutely. We, we, we'd all take that. Well, um, enough of the fine wine chat, Jim. Um, I, mm. I, I, I. I I'm pleased you you're in the in the pod today. We've 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 been we've been seeing Liverpool celebrate the Premier League now um and we will do for another couple of months because as Klopp said you know when when the pandemic's over or well can it be truly over but when it's when we're allowed to kind of have a bit of normality back you know there'll be parties and and this that and the other. Yeah. And of course it is it is one of the greatest uh, seasons despite the you know a couple of sloppy results after the restart. It is one of the greatest seasons in English top flight history. Yeah. Um and and comparisons are made with Manchester City's you know 100 point season and all that kind of stuff. But also one side that's always thrown in there with these chats is, is Arsenal's invincibles and that ladies and gentlemen is what we're going to focus on today. Arsenal's oh, yeah. invincibles. Um, did you know though, Jim, that in football the Invincibles is a nickname? It used to refer to pr- the Preston North End team that won the I first. Did know that. Yeah, well, they won the first English league in eighteen eighty eight, eighty nine. Yeah, I believe that it. That's so far back that I'm not sure 
crossbars were even a thing in football. So it's obviously an incredible achievement, but, but a very, very different thing. And I, the reason I know that, Marcus, is because Arsenal sometimes get a bit of stick for referring to themselves as the Invincibles, but they, it wasn't actually Arsenal giving themselves a nickname. Mm. Uh, it came from the press, taking that up from, from the Preston thing. So as a sort of um, petty, bitter little <laughs> Arsenal fan, um, yeah. that's why I know that. Uh-huh. Well, and the press gave the England teams those golden generation tags as well. So again, yeah. you know. All their fault. Yeah, but you shouldn't buy all those newspapers that they write, Jim. But um, the, the the Preston North End side, they, they won the, the league title and the FA Cup. They did the double that, that season, which is, which is very impressive. They played 22 games. They won 18 of them, drew four. They scored 74 goals in 22 games. And, Not uh, bad. Uh, it's not too shabby. I mean, there was a few more goals flying around then, I admit, but still, though, that was considerably better than everybody else. They only conceded 15, which is way lower than any other team. Mm. So when you talk about the original Invincibles, you know, Arsenal season only looks okay. For a moment there, I thought you were just going to do this whole thing about Preston <laughs> and you just mugging me off. I did think about it, but I thought, you know, even <laughs> even even my research, Jim, has a limit when it comes to um, football in the in the late eighteen hundreds. Um, but perhaps mm. that's to my detriment. I don't know. I'll let the the listeners decide. Um, but of course, you know, we also refer to the Arsenal team as the Invincibles, and it was an ex- it was extraordinary, Jim, that season. It was it extraordinary. was extraordinary. One of the things to remember as well, the context of this is is quite important because um, the season before Mm. they'd at one point been eight points clear um, at the top of the table and ended up losing out to Man United and it was seen as quite a big failure it was seen as like a big bottle job and Mm -hmm. and how um, uh, you know you know it was seen as you know Arsenal starting to go into decline um, Mm. and it it was quite an interesting time really Um, but they started the season really, really brightly and, and and Wenger had been talking about how he thought it was possible for the team to go the whole season unbeaten and everyone was laughing at him and there's a, a great quote from him which is, it's, it's not impossible as AC Milan once did it but I can't <laughs> see why it's so shocking to say it. Do you think Manchester United, Liverpool or Chelsea don't dream that as well? They're exactly the same. They just don't say it because they're scared to look ridiculous but nobody's mm-hmm. ridiculous in this job as we know anything can happen and that seems, you know, measured and fair enough, doesn't it? And it's, it's interesting that, you know, they were kind kind of being derided for even daring to think about it for the for the majority of that season and then they actually managed to do it mm. yeah I love that from Big Veng it's, it is quite sort of I mean it's big talk in one sense but it's as you say it's it is fairly level-headed and realistic and he's brought in other teams there saying well of course like yeah. wh- why wouldn't you uh, 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 think this and it was only a couple of years later that you know Chelsea went close you know they under Mourinho was his first season they only lost yeah, I think it was games. actually the next season I think they yeah, lost out to a, a Nicholas Anelka penalty from, uh-huh. I believe, Man City at the time, and that was that was that, a, that the only thing to stop them being unbeaten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, Liverpool this season, you know, you thought to yourself, or oh, Guardiola's, but then I suppose this was a, a slightly different time. Football was changing, of course, um, but I, I completely forgot. We often kind of have a little chuckle at him, right? Rightly so. Uh, mad Jens Lehmann I'm, I'm referring to, but I'd forgotten yeah. that it was his first season for Arsenal. Yeah, he, he was replacing David Seaman, who who went to Man City and later made mm. a mistake that led led to three points for us from them, which was useful. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, there wasn't um, there wasn't a huge amount of change that was needed to that squad, and and Lehmann yeah. was obviously a, a brilliant, brilliant addition. And actually, this is you know 
of course this is the best Arsenal team I've ever seen. But the mm. squad uh, balance was absolutely perfect because obviously you've got the headline grab- grabbers like Thierry Henry. You've got, um, you know, Perez and, and, and Lundberg who were bringing a lot of the goals between them. Sol and, Campbell. And being incredibly special. Sol Campbell, of course, you know, big narrative about him being there at all. Um, but you've got Martin Keown and and Ray Parler who have been there for a long time and understand the club and are quite gritty and quite tough players. You've got Dennis Bergkamp sort of coming towards the end uh, of his career, but you know he was a sort of he was like a fine wine, wasn't he? He was he was mm. it was a, a particularly special vintage of Dennis Bergkamp in that season. And you, you had players like Edu who were really really good options off the bench. Sylvain Viltord, who's looked back on as being perhaps a bit of a bit of a failure, but I think that's maybe unfair. You even had Carnu still in there who, who contributed at points. So the squad harmony was was just was really really good in in terms mm. of um, each position being really well stocked, not just in terms of, of personnel, but of, of styles, depending on the kind of games that would that, you know that Arsenal faced. And you know, they're known for playing incredible football because of some incredible moments that I'm sure we'll come mm. on to. But they did grind out a lot of wins as well. Yeah, and draws, and tra- twelve draws. Yeah, which is yeah, yeah. you know you can't really get often, away from. Well, the thing is, it's often like the the I suppose the only sort of stick in terms of in terms of the Premier League that season that 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 you can perhaps try and beat Arsenal with. But you know, they still they still top the league with ninety points. Now I know yeah. ninety points again because of what's been happening in the last sort of few seasons in the Premier League. You think, oh well ninety points ninety points still very it's a very, very admirable tally. And yeah. we won them the league, you know, by eleven points for crying out loud. And they're you know, defensive record was pretty good. They only conceded 26 in 38 uh, and they scored 73 goals that season. Again, uh, try not to let this sort of Manchester City and Liverpool dominance, you know, uh, skew it too much because, the, you know, the, the next team down with Chelsea with, with 67 goals. Mm. Uh, so, so I mean, I, and also as well, okay, they drew 12 games. I, 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 I get that, but obviously lost zero. The, the, again, the side, the next one down would be the second place team, Chelsea, who lost seven games that season. Yeah. When you look and at also, that particular statistic, you know it's quite stark. Yeah, it was it was incredible in that they were they again it was those modes of play they could blow teams away and mm. they could sort of just refuse to lose um, as well yeah. as being able to nick those games when they weren't necessarily playing at their absolute best because Arsenal this was kind of at the beginning of um, the problem with Arsenal was that they tried to walk it into the net which was true in some cases even in this season but they also reverted to 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 having a bit more steel at times and that was a great thing to watch I mean just honestly as a as an Arsenal fan you would just list off the names of the players sometimes yeah. like me and my Arsenal mates would just we'd just sit there going Vieira Perez, Gilberto. <laughs> Some people even had the temerity to say that Gilberto didn't score enough goals. It's like that is that is asking a lot from this team. It's like, oh, Lauren doesn't get enough hat tricks. So I'm not sure about these guys. It's pathetic, really, or pathetic how mm. uh, how football fans in general can be in terms of like demanding things from their team. But I had a. It will not surprise you, Marcus, to learn that a 21 year old Jim Campbell had a lovely time this season. Yeah. An absolutely oh, yeah. lovely time. I I remember going one nil down to Chelsea at Stamford Bridge and just like quite early on and not thinking we'd we would win mm. just knowing 
just yeah. knowing yeah. we would turn yeah. it around. And Vieira and Edu got the goals in that game, I believe, turned it around fairly quickly. But they were that mm-hmm. good that you mm-hmm. sort of got used to it. And as football fans, you know, it's 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 rare when you're that confident, but it was a beautiful thing. And I'm glad to have experienced it, to be honest. And, you know, there were moments outside of the league as well, the, 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 the game in which they beat Inter 5-1 at the San Siro and oh, not yeah. a sort of, not a shabby Inter defence as well was, was pretty yeah. special too. Yeah, uh-huh. I think that's I think that's quite nice when you when you when you say you know it was a great thing to experience because very 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 few teams win leagues and yeah. I know it's a painfully obvious thing to say but actually sometimes we can forget that and and when you have uh, teams now I know Arsenal's a little bit different because Arsenal w- will have been disappointed the way it has gone you know since that 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 great team and having not won the league for a long time and so on the same with with Liverpool as well um but uh, to to have experienced something like this 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 like phenomenal side who went a whole premier league season yeah. on you know it, it is a remarkable achievement i know they they didn't win uh, the fa cup or the champions league and and, and they'd be a touch disappointed with that but just focusing on the league for a moment I, I, yeah. to, as you say, to to experience that as a fan, it's something that you will always cherish. On 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 um, the mailbag oh, recently, mate. you know, yeah, on the mailbag uh, uh, recently, you know, Andy and I, we were talking about Deportivo La Coruña, and I said, I'm for for the Deportivo fans, they're not the ones who are being very very stupid and silly and let's use the word naughty, I believe I did then, uh, with money uh, and questionable. But, but but they won the bloody league, at least. You know, yeah. some some teams that you, you, you can have these periods where you go, oh, that was a great team, but they just missed out. Oh, they just, to, to have this cherished memory and go, oh, yeah, you know, I, it's better to have loved and lost, as they say. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know what? I actually don't think Liverpool are that good a comparison um, mm. because Liverpool dominated they've had these dynasties yeah. in the in the in the past and Arsenal haven't really had that yeah you know, it's always true. been sort of patches of success and it's they've mm. been you know very impressive feats and obviously league titles and, and a hell of a lot of FA Cups and, and and whatnot um but that was one of the things actually that made this a, a difficult season because mm. it looked like Arsenal might go on to to be able to go and do that but this was the first season where Roman Abramovich was around so yep. it did feel like a sort of battle for football soul almost and that's probably a, a bit pretentious but that's certainly how it felt at the time because you could see the way you could see the sea change you could see the money coming in and obviously there was talk of Arsenal moving to the Emirates uh, even then um, back when it was known as Ashburton Grove um, and the idea was that it would mean Arsenal could compete with Man United and that it could compete with the biggest teams in Europe but then Abramovich and, 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 and various different things that, that are comparable to him move the goalposts and, and Arsenal just haven't been able to keep up since. Um, so it, it actually makes it all the more sweeter that Arsenal managed to achieve this right on the cusp of that. Yeah. That kind of one last kind of memory of the good old days almost. <laughs> um, do you know that uh, Cesc Fabregas joined uh, Arsenal on a free transfer? Yeah. At the start yeah, of the he season. Was, uh, he didn't, he I, was I don't think he played. Mystery kid. No, I think he, he was. Um, the season after that, he nutmeg Roy Keane in the uh, in the community t- community chest. Oh, yeah, in- what <laughs> they call it these days. Um, <laughs> he's only seventeen. He's better than Roy Keane was the uh, was the chant, I think, and the mullet yeah. on him. But yeah, yeah, no, there's a couple of funny ones in there. Like Yaya Toure was on a preseason uh, trial, and he uh, Arsenal had an absolutely disastrous preseason. I think we lost to like Peterborough and a few mm-hmm. like really and Barnet maybe as well, a few other really silly ones. And Yaya Toure apparently had an absolute stinker, <laughs> and so we chose <laughs> not to uh, take him on. All right, yeah, 
That's a, that's a, um, so with, I mean this 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 Arsenal side, you know, some big names in there. You, you look at it. You, you were right in saying that they could, they had class, but they also had their quality, their class in there. But they could also sort of grind out a result. And when you look at, say, I'm just looking at like the last nine results of the season. Five of them are draws. Now, bearing in yeah. mind, this is this is a side who, you know, they are winning. They had a decent lead, and so on. that that shows you though that I think. And I think it's fair to say they probably did have it in their minds of, you know what, um, we we want to make sure that we we finish unbeaten. I mean, a, a nil nil yeah. home draw at Bur- oh, with Birmingham City, you know. But I, but I think that's fair enough. But they won the league at White Hart Lane. They did for the second time, no doubt as well. Yeah. Uh, and it was a, he- a hell of a hell of a game. That it was so yeah. tense. Like, and obviously, well, it- you know. <laughs> Spurs, you know, love the fact that they they stopped us actually winning the game, which is fair mm. enough. Like Robbie, Robbie Keane did his um his front flip celebration. They absolutely loved it, uh, yeah. which is you know fair enough. It's all part of it, isn't it? Um, but it is you know it's it's all about Sol Campbell lifting the Premier League trophy there. <laughs> if you ask me, <laughs> that's the take and, home for and, me. And Jim, I very much am asking you. Um, so- <laughs> Um, I, I, well, I might sound a bit sort of uh, sort of petty or something, but I, I don't mean to. But were you a touch disappointed that Arsenal only won one trophy that year? Obviously, you're not disappointed with the league campaign, but FA Cup semi-final, League Cup semi-final, mm. Community Shield runners-up, um, but believe- the Champions League. Sorry. Yeah, the Champions League was a kicker. That was horrible. And I, I believe I might actually, I was at one of the legs of Arsenal's um, semi-final against Middlesbrough, um, uh-huh. which we actually uh, ended up losing overall. So I saw one game that season, which was back when I just didn't have the money to, to go to football, but mm. uh, League Cup games are really cheap. So I managed to see Arsenal win one of the few fixtures they actually didn't win <laughs> uh, in that season. Um, but yeah, the Champions League was a real sickener because it happened quite late on, didn't it? And the circumstances yeah. of it were very, very fraught and tense, as you might imagine. Uh, so yeah, that that I kind of when I think back to it, um, if prompted, I'm like, oh god, yeah, that was annoying. But it's not like it keeps me awake at night. That's you know. Whereas I will sometimes just you know sit there and have a little think about the inv- invincibles <laughs> and just the, the some of the performances they put in, like the goal against Liverpool when um, yeah. Henri put Jamie Carragher on his ass, bless him, was was something really really special. Yeah. And there was a goal against uh, Man City as well, which seemed to sort of break the laws of physics the way it moved in the air. <laughs> I oh, think man, that the, might have been crowned as the goal of the season if you can crown was, a goal. There was there was there, there was so many. I mean, I, on the Champions League, Arsenal were in a group with Lokomotiv Moscow, Inter, and and Dynamo Kiev, and it was it was Lokomotiv Moscow actually who who finished second behind Arsenal. But Arsenal lost two games in that group. Their opening yeah. fixture was was at home to Inter, where they were beaten three nil. I remember the uh, teletext headline, which was Inter Flordia. and. Um, <laughs> Might, I think it might have even said Gunners beaten black and blue, and it's like, oh, someone's on fire tonight, sub yeah, editing wise. <laughs> I think Obafemi Martin scored as well, which really takes you back, doesn't it? He did, he, he, he did score. Um, so, so some people were a little bit kind of like, well, invincibles. I mean, I mean, this game was halfway through September in the league; they were beating three nil, and, and so I mean, really, are they that invincible? But then, you know, in terms of the Premier League, well, well, they were. But in the Champions League. It's surprising that they came through that group because the first 
match, as we say, was that. They drew 0-0 away to Lokomotive. Then they lost 2-1 away to Dynamo Kiev. Then they came roaring back. And the, and the, 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 the fifth game they played was that 5-1 in, yeah. uh, win away to Inter. As, as, Genuinely as thrashed Inter. I think they yeah. really hit their stride at that point. And that, it was a beautiful, beautiful thing to watch. And I think, obviously, that, that was a real confidence booster for the rest of the season as well it showed them that like you they not just that they could beat anyone but that they could mm-hmm. hammer anyone and that is a rare feeling it, it was uh-huh. just the quality that team had you know the the, the pace and, and the, the trickery that those those four players had in pretty much any combination was was really really special and it's all the stranger to think that in most games they played a 4-4-2 now Bergkamp yeah. would drop deep from one of those forward positions but still it's very sort of traditional kind of meat and potato style formation really <laughs> when you think back at it when you look back at it it, it, it is a bit yeah like I I, I think this is See, this is where, with with the squad of players you're talking about, you know, I mean, Vieira was a magnificent play, you know, Perez, yeah. Lundberg, you know, as you say, the, the names roll off the tongue, Burkamp, but they were also quite hard. They were rugged oh, God, as well, yeah. and, and they were the tall. Thing. Yeah, they were yes, tall they, and they were hard and they were skillful and they were fast and they were going to hurt you and then yeah. dazzle you. And this is this is why it must be very frustrating for a lot of Arsenal fans over the, in recent years is that. Arsenal have had some great players over the years, you know, that they've, they have, despite, you know, being frustrating for, for their own fans to watch at times and results and so on. But this team and, and those Wenger sides, like think about the Wenger side in the late 90s when he had Emmanuel Petit in the centre of the pitch as well. Yeah. I just, he departed from that quite a lot. Oh, massively I mean? so. I mean, and, and, Oleg and I never un- had been in the squad until until the the so-called <laughs> invincible season. He loved a player like that, and you're right. I yeah. assume you're going to go on to say that he stopped kind of thinking about that, and he he did. I mean, I think there's maybe an argument that Philippe Senderos, who who was signed as a as a youngster that season, I believe, was the idea was that he might go on to be that. Maybe it was just that he got it wrong in some cases, but it did seem like a departure from that. And I I, I would love to. He has a book coming out at some point, doesn't mm. he? I'm so intrigued to read it and see if he addresses yeah. that. <clears throat> yeah, because, because it, it seems so strange. You know, if you if you can mix that, as I say, that sort of rugged, sort of brute force at times. I don't want to say brute force, but the, the will to win, I think, would be a better way of putting it, with the class and the quality and so on. You know, that, that's a, it's a great side. And to, and to then try and go away, because they did have good teams and, and, and they came close in the seasons after that and so on. And they did win plenty of FA Cups. But that's that such a big departure that he couldn't see and didn't see, really, for the rest of his time yeah. as manager of Arsenal. I find that... I think that thought might keep me awake at night if I was an Arsenal fan. Not now, of course, but maybe a few yeah. years ago. Well, this is one of the other criticisms, isn't it? That he inherited Keown and and um, mm-hmm. you know certain defenders, and obviously Sol Campbell was was a very very good get, and that maybe he was kind of you know in air quotes lucky with the squad he inherited. But I suppose you know that's true of any manager coming in. You know the players are suddenly their players. They still got to coach mm-hmm. them. Um, but yeah, it was definitely um, it's definitely a, a little curio that. <laughs> Maybe he just wants a team full of like diminutive, creative midfielders. Yeah. Maybe he even wanted that in defenders. If that was what was said about him, I, he just wants Sami Nasri all over the pitch. I don't know. Maybe that's his dream. I mean, I, maybe he he became obsessed with the idea of winning the Premier League by playing really beautiful football and not having hard men in the side because Perhaps. he used to get because he used to get so much criticism from the pundits and all. And, yeah, and from I the mean, press. did the um, 
the one of the points of the season we haven't spoken about yet is the the so-called Battle of Old Trafford, oh, yeah. which was actually quite an unedifying spectacle in a lot of ways for Arsenal. There was a huge fine handed out. Something it was well over a hundred grand. I think it was it might have been the biggest fine handed out at the time by the FA. A lot of players were charged. I think Lauren was banned for four games, and uh, you know there was a lot of kind of um, a lot of think pieces saying, "Well, is this the death of of, of British football and dignity?" Um, <laughs> And they got a lot of criticism for it. And I wonder if actually maybe some of that stuck and that was why he wanted to move away from that. Because I think, actually, that was a really pivotal point in, in the mm. season because it, it showed Man United that they, they weren't going to budge if pushed. Yeah. I I, <laughs> I remember watching that game in, in, uh, in, a, in, in a pub when I was a student. And I think everybody was supporting Arsenal because Manchester United, the dominant side and so on and so forth. And when when Van Nistelrooy crashed that penalty against the bar, I know oh, like yeah. the way Keown reacted and so on, but it is football. Let, let's not be too sort of silly and soft about this, but like the pub erupted. Like, a, and I saw yeah. big England games in that pub, like you know England v Turkey and all that back in the day when there was a bit of a rivalry. That was one of the biggest yeah. outpourings of joy that I'd seen <laughs> in amazing. that pub. <laughs> and then Martin Keown turned into a vampire. <laughs> That for about three seconds. Yeah. yeah, it's like he's taking off over Van Nistelrooy, who looks like a man who has accepted that this is the end. Yeah. It's, it's an incredible <laughs> photograph, that. You're absolutely right. Van Nistelrooy did so. Well, I, you would, wouldn't you? If Keown's yeah. hanging over you like that, you would think this. Oh, Mr. Reaper, how are you? Um, <laughs> you know, uh, but uh, but my goodness, you know, uh, what an occasion that was. Um yeah, I mean, we, 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 we could talk on and on and on. I, I like the fact that, that Ray Parler played his part in this side as oh, well. Oh, yeah. I um, love Ray Parler. I think, I think anybody, everybody does, surely. Pascal Sagan, another one, just to chuck a name yeah. out there. He actually, um, you know, he looked, looked really good. <laughs> he looked like he was going to go on to be something very different from what he did go on to be, shall we say. Yeah. But Martin, Martin Keown actually didn't make that many appearances that season compared no. to some of the other players. I mean, the defence was really, it was Big Soul Campbell, Colo Torre. Colo Torre, yeah. I mean, my goodness, what a centre-half partnership that is. Oh, and was. Yeah, it really, really was. And Toure would play right-back sometimes as well. And that was one of the... Yeah. That was a good example of the dynamism that that squad had, where you <clears> felt <throat> like they, they could... There was a bit of a total football element about it, where you felt there was a lot of uh, chance for them to inter, interplay as well. And a word for mm. Ashley Cole as well. Yeah, obviously, well, yeah. obviously yeah. you know, the, the way that um, Ashley Cole's time ended at Arsenal was obviously a shame, really. And um, But he was, he was still... Yeah. At his peak at that time, yeah. his, his Arsenal years and his Chelsea years, there was very little dip in quality over all of it. And he was he was one of my favourite players in the team, despite all the, the quality that they had. And that was, mm. that was one of the things I enjoyed about England, actually, was that I could cheer on Ashley Cole again and get to, you know, <laughs> he would be on my side. And it was it was yeah. a shame how that panned out, but he, he was yeah. superb for them. He was he's the best fullback uh, you know England have ever produced um, for, for many many people's money. But um, one one of the other unsung heroes you mentioned him earlier, I think, was was uh, the Cameroonian Lauren. What a player mm. he was! You know, a, a vital. I mean, I mean that that back four of of Lauren right back, Ashley Cole left back, and and Toure and Sol Campbell in the middle, yeah. just phenomenal. Well, Absolutely Freddie Lundberg. Freddie Lundberg said that knowing Lauren was there to kick anyone that got past him yeah, was yeah. Like a really freeing thing for him. It allowed, oh, it allowed him to play with a lot more kind of just freedom and, and, and vision, yeah. really. Oh, Freddie. What a team. Oh, yeah. oh, God. <laughs> what you a know, team. As you, it was so as good. We, 
As we're doing this, Jim, I, I, anybody who's listened to the Ramble on Pods before, the, the ice cream man has just ice cream van just arrived, and it's playing the Match of the Day theme tune as it, as it does. I don't know whether that's <laughs> I don't know whether that's uh, that's related or, or, or not. But um, I'm going to finish with these two names because they did play some games, Jim. Nawanko Kanu and Jeremy Aliadier. Yes. Invincible the pair of them. Have you? Absolutely. Yeah. He's an ab- he's such a lovely man. He's just yeah. a really just a really sweet, nice person, Jeremy. Mm. Um I I've not worked with Carnu. Um, but I'm sure he's also great. But yeah, they I mean, yeah. you know, they they did their bits. Gal Clichy as well, is it's it's mm-hmm. funny to think, but that was he he played a few games his first when he was season. obviously very young. Yeah. It was his first season as well, yeah. And and uh, Robin Van Persie, Arsenal legend, lest we forget, was signed towards the end of the season. Yeah, it was a, it was a mm. busy time, turbulent yeah. old time. He went on to win the league with Manchester United. He did. He yeah. sure did. He did indeed. Um, Jim, the pleasure sounds like it's all been yours uh, on this Ramble on episode, <laughs> but I've enjoyed yeah, it as nice well. Nice little dig at the end. Um, uh, there <laughs> Look, we, we are where we are. It's 2020, Jim. Yeah. Can I put a better cherry on top? Please. But, but at the start of the season... Mm. A certain Paul Merson said, if they keep their best players and they all remain fit week in, week out, then they will not be beaten. Yeah. They the are, Oracle. <laughs> Big Mercer spoke. And yeah. we should all listen when he does. Um, there we are, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening to Ramble On. Uh, if you're an Arsenal fan, you've had a lovely old time. If you're a Spurs fan, well, you've probably not made it this far, so uh, up yours. Um, thank, you, thank you, Jim. <laughs> um, Arsenal fans, you know what a season it was. Does it make you dream again? Are you, do you dare to dream? Because, you know, to, to dare is to do, I believe. They say in North London. Pleased for yourself, yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. very pleased. Uh, see you next week. <laughs> see you.